What up? Welcome to the conversation. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We have an interesting show because we have an interesting fella. All right. Dominic Izzo, retired police officer, 16-year veteran, also radio show host, former QAnon guy, um, and a lot of other things. So we're gonna talk about what he believes about police bias, Black Lives Matter. And if we get to it, we'll throw in reparations for good measure since he likes to go on rants about why reparations is not a good thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dominique Izzo. Doc, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well, brother. Let me say this, man. So obviously, I've looked at some of your past rants and some of the statements that you've made. And amazingly, I actually agreed with one thing you said. And you have this capability to say very smart things in a sentence where you also say something very dumb in my estimation. So let me bring that to the forefront. You said that there's systemic bias and racism inside of the criminal justice system. The emphasis should be placed on judges and prosecutors and deal makers and prisons, which you and I completely 100% agree with that assessment. But then in that same dialogue, in that interview, you created a caveat for law enforcement to say that somehow they're not included in that systemic bias against people of color and they should not be treated the same because they are simply enforcing the laws. I want you to unpack that and we'll get into it. No, I don't believe my exact words were that they shouldn't be treated the same. There's always gotta be accountability, 100%. I do wanna start at the top of the, up at the top and say that if people really did dissect and look into areas like Chicago, Cook County, Illinois, that's where I'm from. We do have systemic racism. I don't care who says what, it's in the jail. You've got a, a jail that houses nine, 10,000 men and women. And we have a majority of black men and women in there, why? And I broke it down the last time, which was it's a profit system. You know, I truly do believe, and now remember, anytime I talk, I'm gonna put an idealistic point of view out there first, and then I try to sit there and support, with time being permitted, my 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 reasons behind I'm saying that. But I mean, I do believe certain things are stupid. Like I'm not a fan of the war on drugs. Um, in in the in the beginning of my career, oh my gosh, demonized drugs like crazy, and I'm I do I'm sure I ruined countless lives by arresting people that had weed in their pocket, right? Um, you have things like that. And the connection between law enforcement and the uh, the courts is, well, here we have the laws in the books, and we'll take cannabis for a second. Cannabis, uh, it's 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 illegal. Uh, and again, I'm dating myself because I believe in 2017 or 2018 in Illinois, you know, they changed the legality of it. But back then, when I was doing it, you had the easiest reason to arrest a black man or woman, right? It's a it's a victimless crime as far as I'm concerned. Somebody wants to smoke a joint and get high, I, I don't care. That's that's perfectly on them. But it was a great reason to get you find your probable cause to stop somebody. You know, easy arrest. You know, if you're in a municipality where you've got a village ordinance law, well, then you got a 75 to 125 dollar ticket. So you're, you know, you're 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 taxing them right there on the street. You know, you give me give me your money, or you're throwing them in prison or jail. Excuse me, because it's not prison for two weeks before their court date. So I I think that the way that law enforcement is, is the cop goes into the academy, and yes, there is a lot of demonizing of the black community through the laws that they are enforcing. That's how I think that the police- Let me opine on that point. Not just through the laws, because what you just described is also a level of discretion. Remember, these laws are enforceable or they are non-enforceable or you have what's called prosecutorial discretion. Now, a lot of people think, Dominic, that prosecutorial discretion starts with the prosecutor. No, 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 
prosecutorial discretion starts with the responding officer. And that responding officer has the discretion to say, we want to enforce these minor laws. We want to enforce this victimless crime or not. And let me read some statistics, brother, and I'm gonna have you respond to it because the only issue I had with your previous statement from an interview that you did was the fact that you provided some protection for members of law enforcement. You did talk about the sheriff's office. You talked about the prison industrial complex without saying it that way. But how did they get to the prison, brother? What's the first response? What's the first interaction? That's well, the statistics, Doc, I don't want to interrupt you, but your statistics, I'm not going to argue your statistics, but here's the deal. This is what you do have to remember too. Now, those cops have discretion, right? But this is where I blame the public because the public likes to sit there and elect a mayor. The mayor appoints a police chief. You got your department policies that are written and then yep. it's upheld by the cops. What about your department performance evaluations? What about your quotas? No one in their village. Yeah, and let's talk about that. So Izzo, let me go ahead and get into some of the stats. October 19th, so I'm gonna start with a recent stat. Los Angeles Times found that during traffic stops, 24% of black drivers and passengers were searched compared to 16% of Latinos, 5% of whites. That same study Izzo found that police were slightly more likely to find drugs, weapons and other contraband on whites that were stopped, not on blacks or Latinos. Also Cincinnati 2019, another study found that black motorists were 30% more likely to be pulled over than a white motorist. Black motorists also comprised of 76% you break of, that the arrest, hold on, of the arrest following the traffic stops despite making only 43% of the city's population. Let me go to your neck of the woods, Chicago. In 2016, the Police Accountability Task Force reported that in Chicago, black and Hispanic drivers were searched approximately four times more often than white drivers. Yet in the Chicago Police Department's own numbers in their self-evaluation, their data found that contraband was more likely to be found, twice as likely to be found on white drivers even though their systems or their methods did not reflect the reality of criminality in those stops. They still decided to target more blacks than whites. That's in your backyard. My question to you is, do you not find it legitimate that systemic racism and prejudice also exist in law enforcement, the responding officer, members who were part of your previous profession? No, because I, I know the uh, if we, we no one wants to talk about the concept of culture and behavior, culture and crime, right? So all those traffic stops that you wind up reading statistics on, why is no one talking about? You, you got it on paper, but what was the stop like? I'm going to tell you flat out, what was the reasonable suspicion that the police officer had to ask? Do you mind if I search the vehicle? And then how often? How often? It's not like a cop can arbitrarily search a car. You have to have probable cause. You can ask anytime you want. But do those statistics say whether or not that the blacks and the Hispanics versus the whites gave the cops consent to search the car versus the whites? So let me get this right, Izzo. You're saying that there's systemic racism and prejudice in every other level of criminal justice, the courts, the prosecutor, the jails, but there's no systemic racism codified in those who actually are administrators of justice as law enforcement agents. That's no, what you're I saying? I never got that far. I never got that far because you know. Okay, but you do agree that systemic racism I, exists in all of these other forms of criminal justice systems, right? I, I said that last time, 100%, and I'm going to continue. Okay, but you don't believe it exists with cops? No, I actually believe that behavior, what the cops are going to see, what you don't see in a report, actually dictates about 90% of what they're doing, which affords. Well, where do you get that from? Which affords people because I did the job for almost two okay, decades. Okay, you did the job in Chicago. Did you ever target someone because they were black? Did I ever? No, why would I? 
Okay, did you ever uh, notice a cop that you work with call any black person the N word or target people because they were black? Nope. Okay, according to Chicago's own uh, report in 2016, cops in Chicago were doing that. Okay. You got to let me finish on these statements. I mean, I, sure, appreciate, I appreciate all the passion. There's there's a problem in law enforcement. There is, and it all boils down to what they're able to enforce. One of my biggest standings is if you want to fix the relationship between the police and the public, you go back to the Constitution. I, I keep talking about those. Wait traps. a minute, come on, brother. Go back to you the Constitution. Gotta, <laughs> Doc, you got to keep interrupting me, man. I'm going to lose. <laughs> no, man, what, okay. Go, yeah, tell me, tell me where in the Constitution. Want, we only got 20 minutes. If you want people to start living and not being raped by the police and the public and the and the and the, and the, and the, and the courts for all this money, then go back to the Constitution. Stop, stop arresting for some of these victimless crimes. That's my first concept on that. But see, so we I agree on that. Well, we're off to a good start so far. <laughs> but, but we disagree that somehow police officers are not also maybe subject you to the be. same systemic maybe, biases and racism as any other level of law enforcement. It sounds like for everybody's need who wants to crucify the cops without looking at it. No, we crucify I'm, bad I'm, cops, brother. I'm, of bad course cops. And if you notice, if you've ever seen my content, you'll know that I'm one of the ones who's chastising law enforcement for crucifying bad cops. The point being is, you know, you're looking, it's what, what are you giving the police the authority to do? So that's what you have to look at when you when I go I said go back to the Constitution when you start taking away what Terry stop stop and frisk stuff like you're going to see a decrease in police interactions. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying that you give the police officers the authority to to enforce laws. That's their job, right? Law enforcement. Yes, we do know that we're going to stretch that because I'll tell you, I'm very public about it too. The best job about the police and the narrative and the aftermath of writing the report is you take the evidence and you fit that narrative to your report, right? So it sticks better. But but that is that's such a rarity in the instance of what really happens. Like I keep saying, if we go back to that one statistics, because everyone likes to throw that out there. Well, you got ten black guys were stopped and they were searched. You got ten white guys, two were searched. Well, maybe the 10 black guys didn't know they could look at the cop and say, no, you don't have permission to search my car. And maybe the white guys, they actually said, no, sorry, you can't search my car. Well, the I couldn't problem tell with you your assessment, and Izzo, I hate to interrupt, man, but we gotta have a discussion about it. The problem with your assessment is that you're not taking into account the fact that the data I just read to you also showed that even though blacks were less likely to have any weapons, any contraband, or any drugs, they were still more likely to be targeted and search than whites. Meaning, if you're talking about a pure law enforcement standpoint, whites are more likely to get away with crimes because they are the ones less likely to be targeted by police officers. As I said before, brother, my only beef with you is the fact that you can call out the prosecutor, biased judges, the prison industrial complex, but you have this blind spot as it relates to police officers who are the first agents who administer justice in that entire equation that you laid out. How can they not be part of the systemic bias, but every other level of the criminal justice system is part of the systemic bias that you oppose? Is it safe to say that the police officers are gonna be the ones who have the first contact with the subjects on the street? No, it's sick to say that they're not also subject to the same biases that any other level of criminal justice is subject to. Well, let's back up for a second. The police officers are gonna be the first one to have contact with the people on the street. And a lot of times if you work in the same neighborhood for 10, 15, 20 years, you know the same people who are regulars, you know the problems. So there are gonna be instances where you do know that you arrested John Doe, who's a black male, five times walking down the street because he had something illegal in him. It's probably a safe bet that if you wind up contacting him, searching him and asking for permission to search, he's gonna have something on him again for the 10th time. Come on, man, that's a ridiculous assessment. You're using a microcosm to explain a macrocosm. 
how many years were you in the United States of America? How many years were you a police officer? Well, let me talk about your years were you a police officer. Let me talk about no, man, I'm not the Pope, brother. So let me talk about let me talk about your years as a cop. My expertise is this. Yeah, let's talk about your years as a cop. You were there for 16 years, and you admitted that you arrested people for dumb stuff, correct? Absolutely, in my opinion, yes. Some of the stuff, right? So you were a perpetrator of an antithetical. Um, reality for law enforcement. You were not the guy administering justice, you were administering arrests, correct? Documenting behavior and actions, correct. Okay, and you regret those actions today, I assume? Uh, personally, sure. All right, 16 years you were a cop. In those 16 years, you're telling me that you never saw bias inside of law enforcement against people of color? No, I never did because we knew that we were under a microscope all the time. And I dealt yeah. with blacks, Hispanics, Asians, whites, you name it. It was not something that you saw anywhere. I'm sorry. So you were a Chicago cop, but you're all Chicago, Chicago police. I was a Northwest suburban cop. I got I was caught between Milwaukee and Chicago. Yeah. So a lot of the element that they chased out, we got. So in that same region, they have released data from 2016 to 2019 saying that cops on their police forces in that area. Targeted black and brown people. Are you saying that those cops or those that, executives that actually says right? that they targeted, or is that what you're translating? No, sir. It's in the 2016 Police Accountability Tax Force report, and I send it to you after the show. No, that's right. So it's, it's saying, it's saying that they targeted that police, black and brown people. So police officers, they're saying that police officers admitted that they targeted black and brown people. No, the data shows they targeted black and brown people. Okay, so that's how you're that's how you're translating it. Well, the data shows that they targeted black and brown people. Those are facts. That's how you're translating it right. Is it a possibility that in that region that black and brown people committed more crimes than whites or Asians? But that's according to the data. See, I'm glad you brought that up. Like, how are you translating the data? Hold on, Enzo. That's possible, except for the fact that the data that actually has codified the criminal history background says no, they did not commit more criminality than white people. They were not found to have more contraband. They were found to have less contraband and they were found to have less weapons. They were found to have have less drugs. That's what what the study said. What crimes are we comparing in that study? We're we're comparing contraband, uh, drugs, those are not going to be initial contacts. Those are going to be a result of the stop. What is the reason that the police officer stopped them for in the first place? Well, according to the study, they targeted it. Now, Izzo, I get it, brother. You, you are, you represent law enforcement. You gotta, you gotta explain that. Let me say this to you, man. Because I get, I get what you're trying to do. Responsible. I get what you're trying to do. It's out there. But think about how logical this is. Contact with the first place. Izzo, think about how logical this is. Just give me a moment, man. Give me a moment. Please do. Keep bearing You believe, you believe that judges engage in systemic racism against black people? Yes or no? I do. Yes, I do. You believe that. Sheriffs or jails and prisons engage in systemic bias against black and brown people. No, the uh, the operators of, not the correctional officers. Okay, but the system itself. Yeah, the system. I said it the last time too. Is you have a housing facility that's going to need, uh, you know, if you're a vendor of, of shirts and uniforms and food, you're going to need those vendor supplies uh, uh, utilized. So you have to have bodies in the jail. I keep saying that the laws, the laws that are on the books, are okay, easily okay. designed to wind up keeping the black person. You believe prosecutors um, who could also argue that they're simply following the law? You believe prosecutors are also part of systemic. Racism against black and brown people, correct? You not pay attention to Kim Fox in the Chicago area? Brother, see- that's a yes or a no. Do you believe that or not? I believe that there's something abhorrently wrong with the prosecutorial system. And you believe everything is righteous with the police officers in the process of criminal justice? I believe for the most part, 100%.
Okay. Didn't come right. back. That's, listen, I'm going to let your point stand, brother. It's silly as hell to me that you have that blind spot because you seem to be a smarter guy than that. You a lot, but you don't let me get too much out, do you? Well, you, you, you got enough out, man. I just wanted to make sure I made that point clear. I still want to know where the whites versus the blacks are coming in, what racial stops are, because you can't say. Yeah, you, I'll send you the data, brother. You, but you, you can't expect but anyone you else. Have you have your point. You have your point of view on that. I'm going to have a few minutes, brother. Okay, that's fine. We got a few minutes. Let me read something because I found this really interesting and I want to hit all these points. Your bio says, and this is what you represent to people. Your bio says it is Izzo's goal to bridge the gap between the police and the public through education, empowerment, and respect. Do you stand by that in your bio? Certainly do. Okay, let me read something to you. I'm gonna read two things to you. I want you to remember the respect part. Uh, You tweeted, I'm for starting a movement of torching the F out of all BLM Black Lives Matter flag. But that will be a waste of money. So instead, I just ordered my first Black Lives Matter flag and we'll be vlogging and documenting when I use it to pick up my dog's ish each time he goes. Makes me wish I had a horse now. 100%. Now, once again, your bio says your goal is to bridge the gap between the police and the public through education, empowerment, and respect. Do you well, find no, that comment no to be respect? No, there's no, there's no respect for Black Lives Matter in that. I don't respect Black, Black Lives Matter. Now, do you believe that members of Black Lives Matter are American citizens? Uh, yes, I do. Do you believe that members of QAnon are American citizens, a group you used to be a member of? That I was never a member of them, but yes, I do. Okay. Um, have you said anything as grotesque against members of QAnon? I'm sure I have. You have to dig back in my social media. Well, tell me. Tell you what? What I have said mm-hmm. about QAnon? Well, I can't recall. I can't recall off the bat. You'd have to go through my social media as thorough as you did to find that uh, selective statement. Okay. For you. Let me go through another one then. Why? Yes. You said that the Black National Anthem is racist and offensive. Yeah, hundred percent. Let me finish the quote. If I ever hear it in public, I'm going to return the favor and talk loudly over it like some folk do in movie theaters. Hundred percent. Okay. What's racist about the Black National Anthem? Lift every voice and sing. What's racist about it? What do we need segregation for? I thought I thought the the black community was against segregation. What's racist, sir, about the song? Segregation is racist. Segregation is was racist. The author, Doc, if you author, Doc, segregation, is this, first of Doc, all, is this brother, a dialogue or is this a monologue? Is this a monologue or dialogue? Sure you but, even but answer the question. What's racist about the song itself? Segregation. It's segregation. You are segregating a people. But again, too, that's what liberal whites and liberal black loves to do. They love to wind up keeping people separate and they wind up furthering their own agenda. If you can't see the difference or the the issue with instead of uniting a people, but we have to have division, you're you're by definition putting your voices above other people. Do so you understand? Not, uh, well, let me explain to you, brother, because I I think you can I think you can get this. The national anthem that was adopted, I think, in 1931 fully, um, written in 1814. Uh, the national anthem actually has elements of racism inside of the lyrics. I'm sure, Doc. If you found everything, anthem. if you searched everything, you would find something that would offend somebody. If we're going to take our time, well, but Izzo, 
That's is a real point. Do, if we're going to spend another generation taking mm -hmm. down every movie and statue and cancel. But nobody's taking down the national but, anthem. Oh, it's well, a great thing we, that black people have we, a song that they can be proud of as well, so rather than well, singing a song that's racist against black people. Why shouldn't collectively all come together and then edit it and remove, take a vote? from whites, blacks, Hispanics, all Americans to find out what they think is racist. See, the problem with the black community and the liberals, the liberal <laughs> whites who fuel the black community is there is this unfortunate settling of, of or unsettling, excuse me, of nonstop repetitive victimhood. There is nothing that's ever gonna be good enough so that people could wind up moving forward. And it's a brilliant tactic. It's a brilliant tactic to wind up keeping people always on edge, always defensive, always segregated. So we always have a problem that you liberals can come in and say, oh, we have the answer to fix it. See, we haven't had a conversation here today. Izzo, let's do this on the other side of the break. Okay, on the other side of the break, I wanna talk about what you call victimhood. And we're gonna talk about reparations. Um, I went over some rant that you did, it's like a four minute rant. Uh, you were anti-reparations and that's fine. That's, that's your position, that's your argument. Uh, we got to go to a break. On the other side of the break, let's talk about the victimhood that you talk of. Uh, and let's contextualize that victimhood and see who the government has actually given more handouts to uh, throughout the history of this nation. All right, we got more on the other side. You're good, brother. <laughs> All right, I got Dominic Izzo, 16 year police veteran, retired. Um, he, he did this rant, man, where like he was really upset about reparations. Um, and so I wanted to ask him, why is he so upset about descendants of slaves receiving reparations? Uh, Brother Izzo, let me ask you this specific question. Are you against the idea of reparations holistically, or are you against the idea of reparations as it relates to descendants of slaves? Emotionally, I'm against the idea of handouts, that's that. Uh, but do I think that if there was a, a proper way done, I'm not gonna have an issue with it and I'll explain why, if you let me explain, Doc. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give you an example, like uh, we're in Evanston, Illinois, which is not that far from where I live. Uh, they're gonna be the first area of uh, giving out reparations. And I'm paraphrasing everything. They're looking at giving the uh, members of the black community $25,000 for home repairs. 
couple of my questions are, now I'm gonna go back to the emotional side. The emotional side of, I'm in Cook County, does that come out of my pocket? Because I'm third generation Italian here. I had nothing to do with the horrific nature of what slavery did and how horribly the black community was treated. That's the emotional side. The other side of the the issue is, is where does that money really go? Because if we're gonna look at $25,000, I don't know who's thinking about this. Where's it coming from, number one, is it state or federal? Number two, if it's going into home repairs, that's you you technically never own your own home. That's gonna increase the property value of homes in Evanston, which is gonna raise the prices of their homes, and they're gonna have the ability to raise home taxes. So in the end, are they really giving reparations to the black community? Or are they just the city of Evanston just raising property value so they could tax more and then pumping it back into their city? So when you have issues like that, that's why I think reparations is such an extremely messy aspect. And I think it's such divisive when you when it's only put out there as we have to put this in the descendants of slaves and they leave that, the, the, it's like a dangling participle, you leave it out there and no one's explaining how it's done. I am very open, I will always come at something with an emotional point of view. But if you could put on paper something that makes sense to me about taking care of, I mean, if we had people from the South who still today had land that was involved in slavery. And though that generational wealth specifically was taken and given to the families, I wouldn't have a problem for that. But again, I have a, in totality, I have a problem with tax dollars being utilized for one group who were hundreds of years later. And I don't know how many two people are affected by slavery in today's day and age. That is my ultimate opinion on it. Let's talk about that. April 16th, 1862, something quite remarkable happened. Lincoln signed something called the compensated emancipation. You ever heard of that before? I believe I read it once, but I don't know. I'm not okay. familiar with it. Literally after slaves were free, the American government gave reparations to slave masters, gave them $300 and said, you know, because we have taken away your ability to own a black person. We are going to, in fact, give you reparations because we feel the American government feels that we have economically disadvantaged you. So now you can actually apply for reparations under the concept, under the Compensated Emancipation Act. They got reparations. The black people who were freed got absolutely nothing, not even land. To clarify, who got, to clarify slave owners got reparations, correct? Slave owners, slave owners got, got reparations. Does that include, does in that include April 16th? Does that, include three, does that include the 3,000 black slave owners that were in America too? Did they get reparations? Well, they may have, but once again, okay. we're talking about a system issue. That doesn't change sure. the reality that slave that. owners had a way to obtain reparations from the American government based on the law that was signed, passed by Congress and signed in law by the president. If we keep going back to the reflect the past. Izzo, brother, I allowed you to get all your points out, brother. But you know what, you know what you guys keep doing? You guys keep sitting there. Izzo, I allowed you to get all of your points out. I get it, okay? If we keep reflecting forward. 1862, reparations was a reality for those that owned slaves. And no longer could own them. Uh, in 1942, the Japanese received reparations because of uh, during World War II and the internment camps. You know about that. They received reparations. How did that reparations work? 1948, Congress passed uh, a reparation fund of 38 million, and then awarded each survivor $20,000. In 1990, 80,000 people claimed it, which took the fund to $1.6 billion. The reason they did this is because the American government said we broke something and we're going to repair it. Now, what I did not hear 
I did not hear white people like yourself saying, wait a minute, I had nothing to do with that war. Why am I paying for it? And also, while we're talking about, is it your money? Hell no, it's not your money. And let me tell you why it's not your money. The American government admits twice that what they did by protecting slavery, endorsing slavery, and promoting slavery was an injustice to black families in the United States. They have admitted that twice on the record. Reparation simply means government repair, that's all that means. So if you admit that a wrong took place that economically disadvantaged other groups, such as slave owners, they got reparations. The Japanese, they got reparations. The American government is is actually for reparations based on history. But all of a sudden, you wanna argue about the chips, brother, of if this is coming out of your pocket. I'm a taxpayer too, it'll be coming out of my pocket as well. And also- We have, we have two solutions, Doc, we have two solutions, either pass it, and just get it over with. But then again, too, no one will be happy. And 100 years from now, still people will still be bitching and complaining about stuff. Or you wind up, uh, you wind up just uh, finding a, a proper solution. Either way, no one will ever be happy with anything. Uh, it is 2021, and you know I think every every culture in this country has suffered at the hands of it. You know, America was not built on on, on tickles and feathers; it was built on broken backs and bloodied bodies, and it's a shame that it got to be that way. But Irish. A Chinese with the railroads, Italians, everybody suffered, and we're not gonna we're not gonna downplay. We will not downplay the suffering of the black community. They 100% suffered, and they're still suffering today in Democrat cities. They're still suffering worse than anybody in Democrat cities. So you're making it a partisan issue, Izzo. And if you want to if you want to go partisan, 100% issue partisan. Okay, well let's let's go partisan. Then. You want to go there? 100 years Democrat. Izzo, let's go there. All right, I respond to that. Seven out of the eight poorest states in the United States of America are Republican states. Six out of the seven worst states performing academically are Republican states. What's the percentage of the black community? Are you trying to say black people are inherently dumb? No, I'm so, no, that's your words. Don't you no, dare. Brother, I'm trying to no, figure out what's the correlation. Wait a minute. Like that. What's the correlation? No, you're an educated no, don't disrespect man. me. No, What's the correlation between a, a black population I'm talking about and the Republican and state? The culture, and the culture who is doing the complaining about not getting reparations. So if you're gonna talk about the, the, the Republican states that are sitting there and they're poor, who, do you have a group of white people who are complaining about reparations? This is, you're asking me about reparations, that's specifically <laughs> to the black what community. What was your question, what was is the point of your community? question about these states and black populations? And, and the, the bottom line is, these states have a majority white population. But why is that a question as it relates to low academic because performance? Because you're talking, you're talking, who said academic performance? I said, I problem. did, I said you six did. out of the seven states mm-hmm. that have the worst academic performance are Republican states. George is one of them. Chicago's got an average of 67% graduation rate for male blacks. So I'm sorry, is that, uh, is that a Democrat or Republican run city? Listen, brother, you yeah, won't find, question. hold on, listen to me, because I'm an educator, I'm a college professor. I have I'm no love, dropout. I have no love for Democrats or Republicans who can't figure out how to make sure our K through 12 educational system works. So you gotta take that argument somewhere else. I'm the guy that'll put That's my foot in your head, no matter what party affiliation you, you belong to. You're the one who brought up education. That. You're the one who brought up education. I so did, because you, sir, I brought up education because you brought up a partisan poverty. conversation about these various cities. I didn't know that poverty meant you were stupid. 
No, it doesn't. But you brought up you're the question the, in a weird you're way. You're the one who said you're saying black people are dumb. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you made the question, brother. I'm just I just wanted you to clarify why. I would we love. Got one, we got one minute left. Izzo, Izzo, do you agree with the reparations that have already been paid out to Native Americans, Japanese slave owners? Do you agree the American government should have done that? I don't know what the context was, so I have no opinion. Okay, now do you think that because of slavery in the United States of America and what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, that because of slavery you have thingified black people, made them a means to an end, and because of the disparities that existed from slavery and the lack of enterprising and opportunity for land grants, etc., it economically disadvantaged families, our ancestors, do you not believe that is a reality in this country? That I've slavery disadvantages black families. I've said it before. All you have to do is go south of 290 in Chicago and you'll see okay. exactly why the black families are destroyed with no opportunity for economic growth. Once again, that's a Democrat problem. No, man, it's an American problem. Hey, and all of this show me another It's an American problem. I don't disagree with you on that because we're okay. all together. Thank you. I might check. All right, we'll agree on that. Brother, it's been real, man. I appreciate your time. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you. Great. Thank you.